Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, Season 5, Episode 25, for Saturday the 1st of July 2023. Coming up this week, it's the last podcast of this season. I'll be getting out the dust sheets and boarding up the windows. But I've got some big news for you, which I've been saving up especially for my season finale, as it's always rather nice to go out with a bang. And I'll be reviewing this year's SPF Live and bringing you up to date with the past two weeks of my writing life. When I was jotting down the notes for this week's episode, I was trying to work out, shall I put the big news first or keep you hanging on until last? But because I've got so much to tell you about this big news, I thought I'd better put it first to leave myself plenty of time and to make sure I got all my peak energy to deliver this news. So I've probably been alluding to it in small chunks over the last few weeks because it's been going on for quite a while now and it has affected my quarter three goals it's just really had a, a little impact on everything but I was waiting until I could announce the news and today is that day so my big news is I have signed a five book deal for the series that I'm writing at the moment with a digital first publisher so I'm going inverted commas trad more hybrid to be honest with you I'm going to publish the books that I've been writing plus two extras with Storm Books now let me tell you about Storm Books. Storm was founded by a gentleman called Oliver Rhodes and Oliver Rhodes is the person who created and sold Bookature to Hachette. Now unless you follow all of these kind of publishing company comings and goings this won't mean anything to you but you'll know if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time that I have had my eye on Bookature for a long long time. Uh, very early on in my career that I clocked Bookature. But Bookature sold out very recently and they were taken over by Hachette, which is obviously a huge takeover and a massive vote of confidence. Now you can check out Storm Publishing at stormpublishing.co. So it's one of those odd URLs. It's just stormpublishing, one word, .co. And I will, of course, put that link on this week's show notes. So they've taken the trilogy that I'm just finishing now and I'm writing two additional books for Storm and they're all in the same series they're in the DCI Kate Summers series now DCI Kate Summers is a character who first appeared as a very minor character in the Don't Tell Meg trilogy she features all the way through the nine-part series in set in Walker Bay and then she's now effectively got her spin-off series and this is the the series that Storm have taken now just to give you some background more background about Storm the, the Storm team have sold over 12 million copies of books between them. So they've been responsible for the sale of over 12 million copies of books between them. The core team have over 100 years of publishing experience between them. They've produced over 20 Amazon number one bestsellers with more than 60 top 10 literary hits. Now, I want a piece of that action. Let me tell you how this came about because it was in true Teague fashion. It was just one of those kind of odd, you know, odd occurrences. And I didn't set out with any kind of ambition of doing this. Now you'll know, number one, I've talked to you about Bookature for years and years and years. I've talked to you about Joff books. I've talked to you about Bloodhound books. I've always said that I'd be interested, Cat Canelo, I'd be interested in a digital first company. Now, there is a local writer who I follow on Twitter and I was trying to attend one of her 
uh, writing sessions, one of her writing training days. Uh, I think it was earlier this year, but I was unable to. It clashed with something else. And she doesn't know me. We don't know each other personally. Interestingly, she knows one of her best friends is somebody I used to work with at the BBC, but I only know that because she also has a podcast that I have been listening to. So that, that's the only reason I know of that connection. But I just happened to see on Twitter, as I was surfing up and down to see what people have been saying, that Helen Pfeiffer had had an exchange on Twitter with Oliver Rhodes, who's obviously the head of, uh, of, of um, Storm Books. And, Helen, and, and, and Oliver was basically congratulating her on signing for three books. And it was only because I was nosy and because I knew that Helen was signed to Bookature. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's just a little bit of local gossip, a little bit of author gossip. Has Helen moved from Bookature to Storm Books? That was what I was asking myself. So like you do, I dug down a little bit and I didn't realise that I knew Oliver, but I do knew Oliver because Oliver uh, appeared at SPS Live in 2020. So that was the year that COVID came out. Now, I wasn't at the 2020 event, but I got all the videos for that event. And Oliver appears in the videos that I've got. So I have seen him. I, I thought I recognized it from somewhere. Uh, Oliver then was representing Bookature at that event. And he was on stage uh, speaking about Digital First uh, you know, book companies, and he was on stage with Jasper Joffe, Michael Andalay, and some others. So that's where I'd first seen him talking about Bookature. And of course, since then, he's, he's moved on, and that's something that I, I hadn't clocked. So when I dug a little bit, it turned out that what Helen had done is that she's staying with Bookature for her existing uh, genre of books, but she signed a different genre of, of three books to Storm. And, you know, obviously there was lots of uh, professional uh, warmth there in that the two had worked together. So, like you do, I went digging around Storm. And it was one of those things that I knew but didn't know, or, or I, I knew but forgotten um, that, that Storm had set up. And I just did a little bit of digging like you do, reading around and thinking, oh, this is, this is interesting that, that Oliver's moved on to this. And he's starting up a new company after, after Bookature. And when I got to the submissions page, the submissions page was simply upload your book you don't have to do a synopsis or any of the usual nonsense that you've got to do they just say upload your book we'll get back to you in two weeks so on the spur of the moment <laughs> about five minutes after I'd read that post I thought well look I've, I've got the first book written and edited it's been edited by Claire Cronshaw it's it's as, as, as good as as we can make it uh, I'll upload it and I didn't expect anything of it now at that time I had a half-written synopsis and, I, and a few other notes was it synopsis and a bit about me the about me page and I was planning to submit that book to lots of digital first publishers the, the, the usual suspects of digital publishers because I thought well look it's it's not going out till October I might as well get a whole raft of rejections and then I'll self-publish it I, I might as well uh, sitting as the book's ready. I might as well do something with it while it's sitting there for three months, chance my luck with it. Well, it was getting to the two-week stage, and like you do when you send these things off, I'd, I'd forgotten that I'd sent it. And, and then when I did it, when I did remember, I thought, oh, it'll just be a no. You do know what it's like. You send these things off, you do expect a no. The email came in, and I read it expecting it to be the no, but it wasn't. It was a hell yeah. Now, it wasn't just a you know, if buts and babies, it was a hell yeah. 
and that's a really nice response to receive. So, cut a long story short, you know, we had a couple of calls, um, you know, discussed what might be involved, what not, what might, what might not be involved, and I've decided to sign five books to Storm Publishing. So I'm working with Claire Board now. Claire is the deputy managing director at Storm, so effectively she's going to be my editor and my mentor. But it's basically her placing a a bet on me. She's been in the publishing industry for years. So in 2013, she joined Bookature. So she was one of the original team at Bookature. And then she was responsible for publishing repeat number one, multi-million copy best-selling authors, including Angela Marsons, who of course I interviewed years ago, right at the beginning. I think literally she'd just been published by Bookature, if I remember right. I think it's probably the first time I was aware of Bookature. Angela Marsons has gone on to be a multi-million selling uh, author through Bookature. She's done very well. So Claire was involved in that. She's also been involved with Greg Olson, and I'm going to get this surname pronunciation wrong, Robert Brinzer. It's probably not pronounced like that. My apologies for that. But um, so Claire is extremely experienced, and she's been responsible for selling or signing, being involved in the careers of some multi-million selling authors. So um, that Claire I will be working with, that's that's who sort of works with me, nurtures me, tells me what needs to be edited, all, all of that sort of thing. Now, Bookature are well known for growing ebook sales dramatically. They had dramatic growth, which is why Hachette took them over. And they've had lots of their publications selling in substantial numbers. And I'm really saying, well, actually, I'd like to try and get a little bit of that action. That's why I've signed with them. Now, the other thing about Storm is that they pay 50% royalties, so 50% of net revenue. Now, you can't really say fairer than that, because if you think of all the costs that they, and the time that they take on board, um, and then you get 50% of, of net revenue, certainly as a published author, remember when we take income, we have to pay our book covers, our editors, our marketing costs, that's our net income. We all have a, a net income because we've all got expenses to pay. So if you divvy up the profits 50-50, uh, that is, I think, I don't, somebody you know might know better, but that's a pretty uh, industry leading sort of 50% royalties. Now I have seen another company that did 65 or something like that. I read about them the other week, but they don't do anything near what, uh, Storm are doing um, in terms of the the support and the sort of quality of, of support there. So, uh, so they obviously they can afford to give more away. But I'm happy with fifty percent. And if you went with any of the other companies, I think it's usually forty, forty-five, something like that. So fifty percent again is is sort of setting out their stall. Now, there are all sorts of questions about this, and I'll I'll talk to you about why I've decided to sign with Storm in a moment as well. I'll go into more detail about that, but. The term of their basic contract is 10 years. So you don't sign your life away forever. Uh, it's a 10 year contract, in which case you then both review after 10 years. But also Storm have a clause in their contract, which means that the rights revert to the author if after the initial three year period, if you're earning less than 200 pounds a year in royalties. So basically your books aren't selling, they're not doing much. What they don't do is they, they don't just hang on to them for dear life, even though they're doing nothing. If your income, your royalties have reduced to a trickle, uh, you know, and it, they're pretty well flatlining. Well, then the contract, the rights revert back to the author. So first of all, 
you're stuck in there for 10 years. If you think about an audible contract, it, it, it's seven years usually. I, I committed to seven years with John and James, for instance, with our collaboration on sci-fi. So those periods uh, are good. They're not forever. But also, if you get caught in this traditional author, inverted commas, trap that we hear so many people doing where they've had books out for ages, they're not making any money, but similarly, they can't take their, their real estate out of the publisher and do anything with it. They're kind of stuck in this, this impasse, impasse situation. So again, because that clause is there, if we get to a situation where I'm earning nothing, I can take the books back and I can start sweating them again. So uh, that's kind of the, the, the bare bones of where we are. So why have I decided to sign with Storm? This, this podcast is called Self-Publishing Journeys, and I've been on a self-publishing journey for about eight years well you know i've been frustrated by my lack of progress for a long time you you must have picked that up you know i'm i'm tired of my limited results with marketing i have limited enthusiasm as you can tell from this season five for um you know getting to grips with amazon marketing i love writing the books and although i've done an internet marketing uh, background um you can tell listening to these podcast episodes that although I have some appetite for marketing I don't have a massive appetite for all the detail I also my pain point at the moment is having sold lots and lots of of copies hit 25 million page reads selling books for peanuts I really want to move the business on now I want to be selling my books at full price to people who don't question buying books at full price I, I want to pivot things now now I've got another nineteen. I've got nineteen other psychological thrillers. Forget these books that I'm writing now. Besides them, I've got nineteen psychological thrillers which remain self-published. So let's look at the worst-case scenario. I never sell anything through Stormbooks. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But let's look at the worst-case scenario. I, I sell nothing through Stormbooks. They die a death. Nobody's interested in them. I've still got nineteen psychological thrillers which I control which I take 70% of the royalties from uh, Amazon that I can sell on Amazon, that I can sell via Amazon ads, via Facebook ads, via BookBubs. I've got a lot of real estate that I still control. And I feel with that almost like, you know, I could write five books and they're never seen again. And I've still got a load of books that I'm making money from. So it seems crazy to me not to try a hybrid arrangement. I want to try everything. I want to know. Now, this might be the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I might think, why did I ever self-publish? Or as I say, you know, it might have mediocre results. And I think, well, that's fine. That's great. You know, we made some money from that. But I've also got 19 other psychological thrillers. And of course, I've got the capacity to write more. Now, you see, to me, this decision would be a lot more important if I only thought I'd got one or two books in me. But you've seen the number of books I've written. <laughs> There's more where that came from. There's plenty more where that came from. I don't. I can write the books. I can write them fast. I can publish them fast. So, if I have to inverted covers write off five books in my career, well, actually, I still got loads going for me anyway, and they're making money. They're all making money at the moment anyway. So, I feel like this is something that I could afford to do. But if my writing career was going to be formed around, say, three books or five books, clearly. I would have to be a lot more careful about that, about where I placed those books and what I did with them. But I really feel I'm at the stage where I really want to try 
something different. I want to try everything because it's all right saying self-publishing is the only way, but how do you know that if you haven't tried the alternative? I want to try the alternative. But the alternative for me is I want to try it with a company that has a track record of success. I want to go with a digital first company because that's where I make my money. That's where they'll make their money. But there are also some other reasons within the contract that I'll talk to you about a little bit later on. So I want to try hybrid. Now, with the first three books already written, my commitment is to write two more. Now, that is going to take me my overall commitment. So that's to deliver the books, to edit them, you know, to do all the edits that, that Storm are going to want, to write two more and get the edits done on those, and then to get them all released. My, my commitment in terms of a writing timetable, writing and editing timetable, that's going to take me to June 2024 next year. Now, that will be a year short of the two-year crime writing MA that I intended to take. Now, I was going to go to to university, or to, not going to university, it was a virtual setup. The purpose of going to university to do an MA in crime writing was to, because I wanted to grow as a writer. This way, working with Storm, I get to work up close with a professional, successful and experienced team. I've got somebody who loves my stuff, uh, so they're kind of in from the beginning. They're, they're a fan. They like what I'm doing. Clearly, there's work needs to be done on it. It's not perfect. It's way from perfect. But I want to work with somebody. I want to work with a team that has extensive, I told you earlier, over 100 years of experience in the industry because I want to learn from them. This is a writer university for me. I'm learning from people with proven and bang up to date success and experience. So I have written to the University of East Anglia and I've cancelled my place. The purpose of doing that MA was to get me into the position that I've just got myself into, which is I wanted to get signed or interest from a traditional company, but it had to be the right one. It has to be the right one, um, doing the right sort of thing. I wouldn't take anything. It has, you know, you've known for ages I've been talking about digital first companies. The other thing is it's really nice to have someone who's as experienced as Claire saying that she really loves my writing. I have to, you know, it's a huge confidence booster to have somebody saying that. And, you know, I've kind of been my own champion for years now, and I'm, I'm ready to take a little step aside from that and have somebody else, you know, a team champion my work. And if we've, we've released a press release on this, so I had to coordinate this announcement with the release of the press release. But if I just read Claire's quote uh, that she puts in the press release, this is exactly what I would want from an editor. This is the kind of hell yeah that you want from somebody who's going to work with you. So this is the quote. Paul writes the kind of all-consuming, fast-paced and gripping crime fiction that has you saying just one more page. Then, before you know it, you've raced through three stories back to back. I'm delighted that Storm will be publishing the Detective Kate Summers series and I can't wait to introduce her to readers. Now, if you if I asked you to read my books and you know say what you made of my books, uh, to tell me what kind of books I write. Claire couldn't have, have put it better. This is what I'm aiming to write and this is what she sees when she reads my stories. All consuming, fast-paced and gripping. That's what I try and write with my fiction. I'm not trying to write literary fiction. I'm trying to write stuff that you can't put down. 
that's the kind of books that I'm trying to write. You know, I'm not going to change the world with my books. I just want to give you a riveting read that you can't put down. So the other thing is I've, I've had some calls with, with Claire, lots of email exchanges and things like that, as you would expect. But I also discussed some other ideas with Claire, which she liked. And one of the things I'm interested in with her help, I might be able to bring those to market. So for instance, I discussed my end of men idea with Claire and she really liked that. And you know, this might be a way for me to bring this to a, a, a big market uh, it, rather than doing it all myself. And so it's really exciting for me. So she's sort of buying into me and my ideas as a writer. Now, this is a digital first com company, but there are other things I've signed for everything with this company because I want to move the needle on my career. And I don't feel like I've got the bandwidth or the talent to do this. I want to hand it over to experts who know what they're doing. So not only have I signed the book rights with this, I've signed foreign language rights for the series. So they have um, a dedicated uh, foreign language rights specialist at Storm who manages this where you sign the rights. So Sam Edinburgh manages translation rights. Sam runs Greyhound Literary and works with Storm specifically to secure foreign language rights. So I've signed for foreign language rights. It's not something I would feel confident in handling on my own. I wouldn't know where to begin. So I'm happy to have this handled on my behalf by somebody who knows what they're doing. Storm has also taken the audio book rights for this series. Now I've talked to you about audio books before. I've canceled now, you see her. You know I had a project to get now you see her done as an audio book. I had uh, The Secret Bunker One done as an audio book. Again, with audio books, they're extremely expensive to produce. You don't get your money back um, for a while. I would love to have some professionally uh, produced audio books, but it really just doesn't work for me personally at the moment, but Storm will take the audiobooks. When the books are released, the audiobooks will be simultaneously released. And Storm Publishing have a deal with Dreamscape Media, who handle the audiobook production. So I've signed away the audiobook rights for this series as well. And I've also um, signed off TV rights for this series. Now, you've heard me talk about this on this podcast for years. I would like one of my books on TV. I don't have the talent, the knowledge, the bandwidth, the contacts to make that happen. I wouldn't know where to begin. So I'm very happy to sign that over to people who know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know where to begin, but I can tell you something. I would really like to have one of my series on telly. So Storm use a gentleman called Mark Simmonson from Solosun Media who has all the experience in this area and manages film and TV rights. So I've signed away the book rights, the audio book rights, the foreign language rights, and the TV and film rights for this series. As I said to you, I do not have the bandwidth, the talent, the experience. I wouldn't know where to begin with any of this, but what I can tell you is I want all those things in my writing career. I want them all. It's a bit like a Queen song, I want it all. But I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move it on. So I'm very happy, just as I bring in an editor, because I can't edit books, I don't have the skills, I don't have the ability, uh, you know, it's a blind spot for me. So I bring in people like Claire Cronshaw, who've taken the time to get the qualifications to know how to do it properly. I bring in experts to make up 
for where my skills uh, don't suffice, where I don't have the skills, the ability, or frankly, the desire to do those jobs. I, I bring in experts. And from my point of view, this is what I've done with this deal. I've brought in experts because I want those things and I don't know where to start with them at all. So my view of this is if this series goes well for me, and there's no reason for me to expect it not to because I've kind of got professionals working with it. I've kind of got that hell yeah from Claire who really likes the series and I'm prepared to work on it with them to make it better as good as it can be. If this series goes well for me, you know, remember I've got a nine book Walker Bay series waiting to be snatched up as well as a Don't Tell Meg trilogy and seven standalone books. So my my this is why I joined the Crime Writers Association this year too. I just want to move in different circles. I want to, to up my game. I want to be seen as a sort of credible, and I want to be known as a crime writer. And I just want to move the needle on my career more than I've been able to do myself so far. You know, I've had a reasonable amount of success so far. It's fine, but I'm not happy to just keep chugging on. I need to keep pushing and moving things on. So let's take a look at the dream scenario. These books go really well. And then you get agents or you get um, people sniffing around, say, the Walker Bay series. It's a nine-part series, ready written, with a success track record already. So what if you then got agented and you could sell the TV rights to that? Would, you be, would an agent be able to get you an upfront cash deal for something like that? This is what I'm looking at by making this move and then it just moves me into a different arena because that's what I want for my books. I want the best for the books and you know I want to see them on telly. The Walker Bay series is just sitting there ready ready made for telly um, and I would like somebody to kind of snatch it up so and I want that kind of interest and I haven't had it so far and I want it so I think this is a good way of doing that. Now don't doubt for one minute that there's a vanity element to this. Uh, there is a vanity element to this. I've always said there was a vanity element to it. Um, I'll be a sort of published. I'll be in a stable of established and best-selling authors. Storm is building its author portfolio at the moment. They're bringing some, you know, really big names in to their sort of portfolio of authors. I'm going to be among that group of authors. I'll learn from them as well. It's like a mastermind group of people who are you know, doing much better than me or know much more than me. But also, once and for all, it makes those, oh, you self-publish comments go away. I was talking to somebody I know in TV who works on one of the local TV stations. I met him at a park run the other day. The minute you, t you tell somebody you're an author, you get the interest. The minute you say you're self-published, you can see them instantly dismissing what you do when you say you're self-published. Now, there is a vanity element to this that I will be, I have a publisher at this point and it makes all those, oh, you're, you self-publish comments go away. So there is a vanity element to that. So my ideal situation, obviously I want these books to go well. I'm going to work as hard as I can to, to do that. But the ideal situation would be that this just makes you people aware of you in completely different circles, builds your credibility and profile. And what I would love, the dream for this would be if somebody made me a, an upfront cash offer to acquire the Morecambe Bay series and represent that, it's, you know, and, and handle the rights for that. That's what I would be looking for from that. 
So that's kind of why why I'm doing it. That's my thinking. What what then happens next? Now, I am petrified at the program of work that I've got to do in between now and June of next year. Claire gave me a, a sort of schedule and it's terrifying because even though those books have been formally edited by Claire Cronshaw, they're at the point as a self-publisher where I would be ready to release those. These books are going to go through developmental edits. They'll be light developmental edits, but they're going to go through developmental edits. They're going to go through a copy edit and they're going to go through a proofread for Storm Publishing. So um, I've already got notes about or brief notes about what the developmental edits will be again that there's nothing huge in there uh thank goodness but i do have to go through that process but also i have deadlines to write two books i've got to deliver another two books by well i say by christmas i've got to deliver two books by the 29th of november so what i've got to do then is the final edits of book one two books one two and three which are written of course they are going to be published in rapid succession in the new year now they were going to be published originally pretty well on the schedule that i'd created so i was going to publish them october november december but what clara said is and we all know this is it all gets a little bit difficult and expensive to advertise books over the christmas period so we're going to they're going to be released in rapid succession from from january of 2024 now if i was an author who only had these books i might be thinking oh that's a long time i won't be earning any money from those but because i'm earning money from the books i've written already that's fine for me you no know, i want to give these books the best chance they've got with storm i'm happy to hang on with that but it also allows for the audio production schedule so that the books will be released with audiobooks i want audiobooks so i'm happy to wait but this is what i say because i've got so many books because i i've got no problem writing more books in the future because i'm not in a scarcity situation i'm happy to do whatever it takes to make these books successful so final edits of books one two and three book four the delivery date for that book is the 6th of october the publish the publication date for that book book will be at uh, the end of march 2024 book five's delivery date is the 29th of november publication date is mid-june 2024 so storm won 80 000 word books from me so you know i normally write 75,000 word books that's fine it's kind of neither here nor there really um claire was quite happy with the 75,000 words that I've, I've written for the existing books but i think they, they look at about 80,000 that's their magic number so that's 54 chapters per book at 1500 words per chapter roughly and so that's 18 days of writing per book per first draft 18 days and as you could imagine i've been all over the schedule <laughs> they're all scheduled uh i know i can get them done in plenty of time i've got buffer days in case i'm ill or you know whatever something happens but i've got plenty of buffer days for both books so i know i can get the writing done now I'm going to pull out all the stops for this. I did bulk a little bit when I saw the when I saw the program, and I did say to Claire, I do wonder whether, just for my kind of confidence sake, maybe we should do a contract for the first three books, and then the minute they're in the pot, we sign for the next two or maybe another three once we know we've we've got everything. But they're they're keen to do five, and I mean five's exceptional, isn't it, for a number of books to to publish? And when I looked at it on the diary, I thought, well the the known quantity of this is I know I can write those two books by Christmas. Uh, you've heard me just 
do the last three I, I know what my writing uh rate is so i'm quite happy that i can write those two books by christmas there's no problem with that the unknown quantity for me and the thing that's making me nervous is that of course i i've never worked with a publisher before for developmental edits copy edits and proofreading and of course i've always been the boss so um you know if when claire crenshaw, crenshaw sends me an edit back i it's me who accepts or rejects changes i'm always in the driving seat it's me who says this book's ready now whereas i lose control of that bit now working with a publisher because it's them who tells me when the book is ready now so my if there's nervousness about this it's about the editing process and how much that might distract me from the writing but you know there's only one way to find out and that's to suck it and see so that's what i'm going to do i've got loads of time essentially what i'm going to do is write as i've always written on mondays tuesdays wednesdays and then the rest of the week is available for for any edit work that i have to do but the the schedule is mind-boggling when you look at it i i just had to forget the schedule and say when are the books ready when are the release dates that's fine but also actually well i, I can't go into the details of the contract but you know there is always maneuverability around there you know no one's going to uh, put you in a sack and throw you in a river if you have problems delivering a book let's just put it that way so eighty thousand word books two books to get done by the end of november I'm going to pull out all the stops for this. I want to give it my best shot. I'm not going to be taking up my university place. I cancelled it this week. I got the acknowledgement of the cancellation yesterday. I might as well free up the place nice and early for somebody else who wants it. I'm going to get more serious about my social media now and my email marketing because I want to support what Storm are doing. Clearly, Storm say to me, you know, how many Twitter followers, you know, TikTok followers, where's your website how many people have you got on a mailing list they want to know all of that stuff of course they do you'll know that i had nearly 5000 subscribers then that i burned them and i'm down to about one i think 1200 and something at the moment and i've done nothing with that for ages well um you know it's time to take things seriously isn't it and i need to support what storm are doing they will have social media campaigns for me so I, i'm kind of all in on this i'm going to do all the things that i know i should have been doing but I haven't been doing for a while. So, and, and uh, as I said to you, I'm just going to treat it like a university year of learning. Let's just tuck into this and see where it takes me. So I am nervous. You know what I'm like. I still don't feel like my writing is any good. It's been lovely to get a hell yeah from Claire, but I still look at it and think, I still don't know whether this is good or bad writing. And I'm, it's just really nice for me to be able to trust the experts on this one, you know, to take their advice, listen to their guidance and see where it takes all of us but because they've got such a tremendous track record in in launching authors and, and creating multi well multi-million well they've sold thousands and thousands of copies i really want to see if i'm up to getting a piece of that action because that would take me exactly where i want to go so i am now because i signed the contract was it wednesday a hybrid author but the books aren't going to be released until 2024 i'm just going to be beavering away in the background so last week i gave you my quarter three goals here are the bits that i couldn't tell you then last week so my quarter three goals then i need to plan dci kate summers books four and five uh, i need to write draft one of dci kate summers four and i've already written the prologue and chapter one this week so i haven't planned the book yet but i know exactly where it's going i'm gonna hopefully well i'm gonna plan it over the next week or so 
and uh, we're in the Isle of Man next week. So when we're back from the Isle of Man, I'm just going to get writing. It was a good sign this week that when I'd done my writing, I wrote the prologue on Monday. I wrote chapter one on Wednesday. And when I'd written chapter one, I was just I just wanted to get going with the book. I was just eager to go with it. A story's come very uh, quickly to me. Uh, I, know, I know where it's going, even though I haven't planned it out chapter by chapter. And, and frankly, I could write the first th few chapters. I was all ready to get going, thinking, right, I'm ready to get to this on Monday. But I can't do that yet because I need to uh, edit book three, which is just back. It was back on Sunday from Claire Cronshaw. So I need to go through Claire's edits now, her suggestions, and I need to give it a final read. And then I need to deliver that to, to Storm Books. So Storm Books... I've done my final read of book one. I sent that to Claire Board, who is the, the person I'm working with at Storm. I sent that to her this last Monday. This week, I have gone through book two, and I've been editing it at 15 chapters a day. <laughs> I told you it's time to get serious. You know, I've been doing five chapters a day. Time to get serious now. Get your head down. Get some proper work done, Paul. So I, I've been doing it at the rate of 15 chapters a day. That book will get sent to Claire Board on monday next monday and then the the week after this one from from next monday i'm going to be working through book three having made claire's changes over the weekend and then a week on monday that's going to go to claire board so she will have what i view as my final copies of those books all by next monday and then she will get back to me for developmental edits you know changes to the book that she wants and we'll go through the copy editing and proofreading process. And in the meantime, I will be writing book one. So it's all on the schedule with buffer days, as I've already told you. I've got a great idea for book one. I pretty well know where I'm going for book two as well. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, book four and book five. Um, and, and so that will deliver my kind of contract obligations. And my whole contract obligations will be done by the end of June. And by that stage, we should have a pretty good idea whether those books or that series is going to take off or not. And then obviously on both sides, we will review whether they want more books from me or not. Now, well, I'm not going to go into the details of the contract, but because I'm not supposed to, but um, if the book didn't do well for Storm and they didn't want to sign some more, there is potential for me to write that same character later. I have to give it a pause time. I can't do it immediately but I, I can pick up that character and I could self-publish those books at a later date. So as I looked at, I looked at the um, contract, I sent it to the Alliance of Independent Authors for review and for comment, and I'm happy with it. Uh, and I say, be because I've got so many books, I just felt that I just wanted to engage in this process. So the other thing I want to do in quarter three is I'm building my mailing list. So I have a book sweeps campaign. Uh, which they say adds up to 2,000 subscribers to a thriller list. So that would give it a nice little boost if we could add that many to my mailing list. But I'm going to be building, boosting and managing properly my mailing list. And I'm going to reposition my social media channels to support what I'm doing in store. So it's fair to say probably that there's quite an imbalance on my Twitter feed at the moment of my running stuff. I will put some occasional running in stuff in there because in terms of being an author, that is my, my author life. But I will try to get, or I will start to put more writing stuff on there uh, with a view to uh, a new sort of, audience of readers finding me on Twitter and then finding plenty of information about the author on there. So those are the sort of quarter three priorities. Plan DCI Kate Summers 4, write draft one of DCI Kate Summers 4, 
make the edits required by Storm prior to the publication of books one, two, and three, work on my mailing list, work on my social media, position both to support what Storm are going to be doing from January next year. So, busy, 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 busy. In terms of editing news then, that just means what I've told you, but one has been read through and sent to Storm because uh, of course you were expecting it to go to beta readers it won't be going to beta readers now for beta readers read storm uh, book two is going to storm next monday book three is back from claire development edits copies and proofreads all of that sort of stuff uh, storm by the way will provide the covers so although i've got th I, i've already purchased the three covers they're not going to be used now storm will brand it and do their thing with it um, and i'm fine with that the book covers that i've got um will well what i can do is change the titles on them uh at a future at a later date if i end up writing uh you know more, more books in that series uh you know or if i write a new series i will just um, tweak tweak the covers and use them again rather than start afresh uh all of those books are going to go with an audio book of course so presumably i i may have to listen through to that as well uh, and I've basically arranged with Storm. The good thing about working with Storm, and one of the things I'm really pleased about, is we're not in competition with each other. So in the press release, they mentioned my Morecambe Bay trilogy and all the other books I've written. So as far as Storm are concerned, I'm an existing author with self-published titles, and we will promote each other. So I will put my... Obviously, I will add all the titles I've got with Storm into the back of my books, but they too will promote my other titles so you know to me i can't i can't lose from this because i'm gaining a whole new audience that storm will find that that, that aren't my audience already and they will discover my books and, and because it's sort of symbiotic because it's not we're not in in silos storm are happy to acknowledge the work that i've done with self-publishing i just feel like i can't lose from this that it, it you know it, it can't sort of it can't fail you know even if it doesn't uh, even if it isn't meteoric I just feel like I can't uh, lose from that process. So I also said about my beta readers, because of course my beta readers are expecting to do some beta reading for me. And what we've agreed is, you know, clearly you can't have, we can't edit a book by committee. So my beta readers now will get pre-release copies uh, and it'll work a little bit like, uh, is it Net, NetGalley? Net, I was gonna say Netscape, NetGalley. Uh, Storm used NetGalley to get reviews on release day i will simply add my beta readers to that list they'll get pre-release copies with a view to them leaving honest reviews on launch day so it won't leave my beta readers out in fact they'll get an easier job they can just enjoy the book and read the book so we'll still use my my beta readers in there and again this is another one of the things i'm really happy with working with storm is that it integrates with what i'm doing already it doesn't work separately from it it just enhances what i'm doing already and that that works really well for me so how's that for a bit of end of season shocker news <laughs> i'm going to be working very hard uh, for the next couple of months I'm going to have my head down and i'm really going to take this seriously because it just feels like it's a great opportunity and i just want to make sure i've made the best of it and let's see where it takes us so Changing the subject, in other publishing news, <laughs> there is other publishing news this week. Dave Gochran sent out an email last week where he was talking about MailerLite pricing. I'm really not upset, what's the word? I'm not distressed, I'm not upset. I'm put out about MailerLite because they were so good for so long, the pricing was great, I've had no problems with them, and it just feels like they've stuck a stick in a hornet's nest because they've got two kind of versions of 
of MailerLite. You've got MailerLite Classic and whatever the new one's called. And I've already said to you about changing from MailerLite Classic to the new version and the, the expense involved in that. Well, Dave Gochran's blog post is great. This It was last week that he sent it, so I'm a week behind with it. But he was basically saying the pricing's going up, everything's going up. And uh, to cut a long story short with this, Dave has basically said, I'm sticking with Classic. He's going to upgrade for a year now before the price changes come in for Classic and the new one. So that's a way, and then he's going to wait till he's kicked off Classic, which I, I think is pretty well what I said to you. They'll have to kick me off kicking and screaming. But if he has to move, he'll look at ConvertKit. Now I've looked at ConvertKit before. It's great, there's nothing wrong with ConvertKit at all. Um, and I, I may have to consider that in the long term, but in the short term, I'm going to do exactly what Dave says. I'm going to upgrade my MailerLite Classic for another year, today actually, after I finish this podcast. And then hopefully they'll let me stay on Classic, but I'm sure there'll come a point at which they'll want to kick us all off Classic. And when they kick me off Classic, when they make me, when they make me change everything and migrate everything from one uh, sort of system to another, the pain will be so great there, I might as well then look at another system. But I want to stay with the MailerLite that I love and get on well with for as long as I possibly can and as I've just told you I intend to be building my list up in MailerLite as well so when I do upgrade I'll be upgrading to up to 5,000 because I'm going to try and get that list up to 5,000 by Christmas if I can and be really serious about doing some some list building around that. I attended one of Joanna Penn's live uh, AI sessions this week it was on Monday and it was great I really enjoyed it, it was just what I wanted uh, Joanna's sort of trademark enthusiasm, uh, you know, efficiency, r relevance. It was just spot on, you know, no waffle, just learning points and useful information. A great whack of slides. We all got the video that we can watch. I'm going to recommend that if you, there's even a little kind of flicker, a little flame interested in AI and how you might use it as an author, I'm going to recommend that you sign up and pay for one of these sessions. I can't remember what they were, about £50, I think. But they're nice small groups, so they're very manageable groups if you've got questions to ask. But I was watching it and just sort of so enthused by what Joanna was showing me. And she showed me things that I didn't know. And this is why I wanted to go. You know, she's taken the time to learn this. It's what I said to you about learning from experts. Um, you know, go go where you want to graze. <laughs> and uh, Joanna's doing stuff that I want to know about. I'm not necessarily going to use it, but I want to know about it. I want to stay on top of this stuff. I, I don't want to become a dinosaur with any anything. I just want to keep learning, developing, getting better at everything. So, you know, Joanna's the expert for writers in this field, as far as I'm concerned. It just enthused me. I took out subscriptions to is it Sudorite? she showed some it's amazing it's just amazing uh, I, th I think it's Sudorite, and i'm sure it is uh, i might have got the titles mixed up but um, it, uh, chat gpt she was talking about but Sudorite so what i'm really really interested in talked about uh, bard uh, from google and also i had already looked at this but i also have now got mid journey uh, and i paid for it attached in my in my discord and i saw i can't remember who it was but i saw a brilliant graphic the other day where somebody who writes this in the same genre as i do had created all the characters in his books um using it must have been mid journey i think looking at the style of it and and, and a, a cr effectively created a, a film trailer poster um using characters from his books and it was brilliant absolutely brilliant now that is a use of ai 
that I could get behind because that enhances what we do. Now, the other reason why I wanted to attend Joanna's session was because she did a, a, a piece right at the beginning about ethics and copyright. And again, I, I, I've told you that I'm well up for AI, but I want to understand those sort of ethics and copyright issues. And Joanna did a great bit on that, and it was it was well worth doing. So I would say to you, if you've got even a modicum of interest in this, try and sign up and attend one of Joanna's sessions. Uh, you'll get the video replay, a great stack of slides with all sorts of information on. You know, really, it was really worth paying for as far as I'm concerned with that. The um, Amazon paperback prices have changed this week. I've got so many paperbacks that I just click the button that says change everything. And what Amazon did with my paperbacks is it just changed everything. So I retained the same uh, amount of royalties on the paperbacks. Now I had a quick look at them today. I diaried a note to take a look and just make sure that the prices had changed. They have, but what my, my paperbacks now, I think, um, I pretty well price all my paperbacks the same unless they've sort of got more pages and I, and I have to charge more to make a reasonable amount of profit. I noticed that uh, the first, certainly the first ones I checked today were I think $11.24. So I can see that my prices have changed, but what I am gonna do, and this is gonna to have to be something that I do when I've got time, because paperbacks aren't a big part of my business, I want to go in there and where, where it's automatically changed it to $11.24 to preserve my, uh, my profits on that book, I will probably round it up to $11.99 because it's a just more, much more satisfactory price to sell at. So uh, that, that can wait. I just wanted to make sure in the short term that my books aren't, aren't underpriced or I'm not selling them at a price where I make no profit. So the prices have taken uh, effect, but I need to come back. I've just got so many of the blasted things. I need to go back and change those, those book prices. And of course, I don't just have to change those book prices in the states i have to ch check them across all territories that's so quite a substantial piece of work it, you know it's probably a best part of a day's work doing all of my paperbacks in all of the territories so that's why I'm, I'm just bumping it and leaving it for a while if i sold more paperbacks that would be more urgent but you know at least they're priced uh, correctly to generate a profit for me in the meantime tomorrow which is saturday when i record this i'm recording this on friday i've signed up for another course it's a uk policing uh, sort of one day training uh, and it's about covert and undercover policing uh, and because the series that i'm writing at the moment involves a lot more of that uh, i've been reading up more on police procedure just to make sure i don't make any terrible faux pas so right at my side here you can hear it in the microphone I've got the book which I've previously recommended to you, Murder Investigation Team, How Killers Are Really Caught, former, by former Scotland Yard Detective Inspector Steve Keogh. And I've obviously, uh, this presentation that's taking place on Saturday is also by a former UK detective. And I just want to learn as much as I can about police procedure. Now, I don't go into police procedure very much in my books i don't want to get caught up in that detail I, I i allude to it but when i when i allude to it you know without getting in the weeds with it ever i do want to make sure that that's right it's roughly right so that's uh that's going to be recorded uh, i'll be out running and things tomorrow so i'll sort of pick up some of it live and then come back to it uh, and go back to the slides uh, on some other things and I'm going to send some questions for it later on today just because I've got some specific questions as well which relate to the book that I'm writing at the moment. 
I told you that I've used or I've I've just tried out Crave Books. So I've tried a couple of things on Crave Books. Uh, a normal book promo. So uh, there you see her on sale for ninety nine pence. And I've also done a joint promo where it's about it's for list building. So uh, you know basically you've got uh, I've got a book again. Now you see her in a joint giveaway, and uh, we just kind of get a list of. Uh, subscribers to add to our list at the the end of it and I wanted to try both of them and the 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 book promo was about about roughly 20 pounds probably a little bit less than that and the joint group giveaway was about 50 pounds something like that so I just thought I'd give you some feedback on those um, as ever I, as, and I've said this to you before to be honest with you when I do a 99p book promo on one of these promo sites there's just nothing there no no discernible difference if I if I could be bothered I could look at my Amazon results and see how many copies of that book I've sold, but I can tell you just by looking at, at just by looking at my console, it's made no discernible difference. But that just bears out my experience. If I use promo sites, I've always found it better to promote the first book for free, and then I get read through on books two and three, which I make money on. I've uh, I've never made money. Uh, I've made money on BookBub selling a huge box set at 99p but I've never made any discernible difference through selling a, uh, a book for 99p on any of the other promo sites I've probably sold a few but nothing that moved the needle so is it worth it not really no I so I'm gonna this is only my opinion this is only my experience but I would only use book promo sites you know uh, free booksy bargain booksy uh, hello books crave books I would only use them to promote a first in series for free for me that's the only thing that moves the needle i can see that i'm shifting loads of copies when i do that but 99p i don't think really works and the, my my uh, rationale for that is i think people are coming for freebies on those sites you know they don't really want 99p books i don't think they're really serious enough generally to be paying for books and i think i think if you put a 99p box set on there i think you'd move the needle but not with a standalone book i don't think it really works that that's just my personal experience by the way uh you know mileage varies now the joint promo uh i'm going to tell you that i am proactively not very happy with and i will be feeding back to them so i i'm on a joint promo so bearing in mind this costs 50 quid or so and this is a uh it's a thriller and suspense giveaway uh, it does have a good prize you see so it has a kindle fire seven tablet plus you get all the books so it's got a really good prize so so it stacks up really well as an opportunity but what i'm really put out about is the quality of the books that have been accepted on this now i will put i don't want to i don't want to criticize specific books you'll you'll get where i'm coming from if you just look at the giveaway but i'll put the link on the show notes for the giveaway and bearing in mind if you're listening to this in the future uh, it might not be there it might not be live anymore but i'll just give you some broad criticisms and then you could look at the you could look at the uh the shit the page the other books that are there and you will know what i'm alluding to so my first criticism is a couple of those books are romance books they are not thriller and giveaway and i do not expect books like that to be placed on a paid promo so i will be making my views known in a very uncertain terms no very certain terms that's right yeah in no uncertain terms that's the phrase isn't it <laughs> so <laughs> knowing the way i write it will be uncertain terms but anyhow there's two romances on there now come on for goodness sake it's thrillers and suspense giveaways just you should have just said no don't accept them 
that's ridiculous i've paid 50 quid for this so there's two romances on there they are not thrillers and giveaways so i'm really quite annoyed about that and then the other thing is is there's a western on there a western for goodness sake and then there's probably let's have a look no more than three or four including mine that that have passable covers i think i would say really probably mine's about the only part but absolutely bang on cover am i being unfair there well oh, no no i'm being i'm being unfair that's that let's say there are two or three in there that, that that are fine and then there are just some plain bad covers on there now i've paid a lot of money for that and that is just not acceptable so <laughs> you know it's just not acceptable there are certain editorial editorial decisions there that are frankly completely wrong you should not be accepting westerns and romance books on a paid giveaway it just diminishes the event for all of us so not happy with that and i will be complaining about it and trying to get a refund or a partial refund on it but they will certainly know my frank views on that um the moment i get an opportunity to feed back to them so um i said to you last week the interface on crave books is brilliant but um not really had any great uh, any great sort of outcome from that i think the next thing i would want to try is a crave books uh free promo um that the reason it was going to be free at first but i messed it up i i submitted now you see her and then realized that i can't price it for free because it's not in kdp select you know blah 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 blah. it was my, it was my mess up with the pricing so I, anyhow i changed the price to 99p and it's made no discernible change so what i would like to do with crave books because I, I love the interface it is all run very professionally um it, it you know it's a great site you should certainly look at it and this is only my experience but i would like to try a free book on crave books just to see how that works because i could add that then to my repertoire my portfolio of of promotion sites that do actually shift some free books if you're if you're promoting a first in series which is what i prefer to do as you know so yeah a bit disappointed with that that's that's a shame um i have submitted to this book sweeps promo it's cost me 203 pounds for this books book sweeps promo but they also give away an e-reader and then you, you send people electronic copies of the books and uh they reckon that you can get i think it, you know it's over a thousand but maybe as many as two thousand i think subscribers as a result of it now because of what i'm trying to do with storm at the moment i want to build my list take things seriously i just thought well i'll go for that a dedicated uh thrillers you know psychological thriller uh book sweeps event uh genre specific uh targeted uh, mailing list readers I'll go for that because it just moves the needle very quickly for me with my email marketing and will make up for some lost time with how lazy and idle I've been building my mailing list and maintaining it so um, uh, let's see how that goes but I can't give you any results on that just yet because it's still running but it was 203 quid I'm hoping if I get a thousand subscribers back from that I'll be happy with that what's that about 20 20 pence per subscriber if you make one sale from each subscriber you'll have got your money back on that so uh, that's my view of that but we'll I, again jury's out can't give you any comment about it i can tell you that i do like book sweeps i can tell you that they're extremely professional i've always liked dealing with them i've always had a good number of subscribers back from book sweeps uh, they're all always uh, sort of very targeted and professional what i was moaning about with crave books and the mix of books and the bag covers and things you don't get that with book sweeps so i've high hopes that that will deliver if I'm lucky, over a thousand subscribers, and that will be great.
And then finally, in publishing news, I just wanted to mention Claire Cronshaw's editing services. And you'll find uh, Claire's website at cherryedits.com. Obviously, Claire and I have now worked together over three books. She submitted the last book to me. And now I'm working with Stormbooks. Uh, clearly we won't be working together now not not until I've got another self-published book coming out I just did want to big up Claire and say it's just been an absolutely brilliant experience working with Claire her feedback's been excellent she's been completely responsive to the way that I like to work so you know um, I've always I always ask editors to give me the full manuscript with all the changes on because I do skim that, but it's too much to work from. I skim it and, and, and look at what's been changed and how much has been changed. Um, but I'm not a micromanager. I generally like to outsource things to people who know better than me, and I'm happy to accept their opinion. So Claire uh, pr- provided a version for me of what do I need to know? What what do I need to make a judgment on as an author? Uh, so that's been great it's been responsive i really love she gives you a little video at the beginning uh, you know with all the notes and everything that you get uh, you get a lovely little video which talks you through everything those videos are great it's a lovely touch that claire uh, and a lot of editors should take a leaf out of your book and steal that because it's a really it's a really nice touch and the other thing i really value about what claire's done is she has produced this amazing uh, book bible it's amazing it's so good and so useful for me as an author it's the sort of thing that I should be compiling as I go along, <laughs> frankly. But but Claire has compiled it, you know, to, to work back from my books, and it's absolutely brilliant. And I will be using that book Bible as I go forward. Now, clearly, I am now in the hands from now on of Storm Books for this series. You know, they will take my first draft and they will then do what they want with it. But I've really appreciated Claire's. Uh, edits on this series I've been it's like faultless I've got nothing uh, you know negative to say it's just been brilliant it's all been a positive experience Um, I've sort of got the sensation that Claire's enjoyed the books which is always nice as the writer that she's been involved in the book she's been really thorough I mean she's just looked up um, all sorts of details in the books as well she's just been really thorough so it's just nice to know someone's had my back on that with um, you know she looks up the locations of the books on Google Maps and it's just really sort of immersed in it It just really feels like she's very immersed in it and I've really valued the kind of feedback of the notes and everything that I've had and you know the price has been has been great it's what I would expect to to, to pay for uh, that service it's been on time you know everything's been timely everybody's hit their deadline so it's a very happy editing experience the reason I'm telling you that is because I'm going to be working with uh, Stormbooks uh, for the next couple of books and again if they sign some more that might be my life for the next who, who who knows how long and if those books are successful so I won't be placing books four and five with Claire for that reason but that's the only reason they're not going with Claire because somebody else is dealing with them and I wouldn't hesitate to use Claire's service if I have a book in the future so if I write End of Men for instance that would go to Claire um, for an edit and I'm recommending her to you if you are looking for an edit and I know she's busy you need to be right on top of your sort of planning and your schedule if you want to book her in because I I think she's booked till the end of the year so far so you really need to be on top of your you know your writing and publishing schedule if you want to book her but if you are looking for an editor and you want a real top quality editor who provides a great service I want to big up Claire and say you know you could do much 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 worse 
uh, uh, you know the going in her direction because I've been totally happy uh, with the service. So you need to look at cherryedits.com and then deal directly with Claire. Um, you know if you are looking for an editor, but just remember, I'm pretty sure she's booked up to the end of this year so far. Web links. Um, a couple of web links. A uh, friend of the show, Dan Sewell, has written an article called How Authors Can Harness the Power of Collaboration and Collective Promotion. Uh, Dan writes some lovely articles on his blog, so I'm going to share it. I think I may have shared this before, but I'm going to share it again because it's good stuff. Uh, always happy to support listeners of the show. So uh, Dan's written uh, how many points there, Dan? Have you got loads of points there? He's written 15, 16 ways that uh, we can kind of all help each other uh, and share each other's uh, books and big each other up. So thank you for that, Dan. I'll put that on the show notes for this week so that you don't have to go hunting for it. I wanted to mention that promo stacks have arrived at Written Word Media. So Written Word Media are the people who do Bargain Booksy and Free Booksy. And they have now teamed up with, I think it's Hello Books, which is the Mark Dawson, Craig Martell uh sort of a book promotion company and is it is it fussy librarian i think as well so so if you're doing promo stacking and promo stacking is where maybe you've got a book launch or you're trying to just get things going before a book bub promo so you might have a promo with uh, hello books on um monday you might have a free booksy on wednesday you might have a fussy librarian on wednesday and that that gets tickles the algorithm on 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 amazon gets things moving and then you might have your big book bub promo on the thursday that's called uh, promo stacking and um, i've done promo stacking before too but this is a really great idea this is a great idea is you can now and i hope they add extras to it actually uh, you know i'd like to see uh, book dog is a, a good one i like book dog i'd like to see one or two get added to that uh, in time but it's a brilliant innovative idea and you can now you know promo stack your books and that is something I'm just trying to think, yeah, I, I, if I get another book bub, I'll try it. So that, that needs to be the opportunity for me. I need a book bub on a first in series, and then it would be worth me. It need, and it needs to be a free promo, because as you know, I don't like doing 0.99 promos. I don't think they work very well. I'd do a free promo, and then I would be up for that. So uh, I will be looking at using those uh, that service as soon as I get an opportunity to, if book bub would just please accept one of my books for a promo. And then the other bit of industry news to share with you this week is that Drafter Digital are now distributing to Gardeners. Now, I don't think this will mean much to you if you're not in the UK, but Gardeners is is who I want to be distributed to in the UK because Gardeners distribute to bookshops within the UK. They're one of the suppliers. So you, you want to be in Gardeners if you're a UK author and you want the local bookshop to be able to get your book. And I've been through this. What I did, I can't remember what I did. I did some promotion around Walker Bay Trilogy and I had a local bookshop uh, contacted me saying, we've, we've had people asking for your books. Can we get these in? And it was the fact that they were on Gardeners and there's another one and I can't remember what it is. There's, there's two UK publishers gardeners is one of them and you want you want to be on both of them and then all the bookshops can get your book in if they're looking for them now i mean i mean gardeners already because i publish my paperbacks through ingram spark they distribute to gardeners so uh, but if you do your paperbacks on draft to digital it's just another benefit to to, to uh, you know listing with draft to digital it doesn't make any difference to me because i don't publish my paperbacks on draft to digital uh, but if you do it's just one more thing to add to the list. You know, another another advantage to using Draft the Digital. And I will put the blog post that accompanies that announcement on this week's show notes. 
Okay, we're over an hour already. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. At least we're going out with a bang, aren't we, for the season finale? And I did promise you that I would mention to you uh, SPS Live. I'd bring you up to date with SPS Live. So the good news is, is that my train behaved and got me there on time. And uh, I really enjoyed it, actually. It was it, it flew. I wasn't there for very long and I didn't attend very many sessions, but I saw lots of people, lots of people who I know through this podcast. And then obviously I saw people in passing as well. But generally, I kind of kept out of it. So I didn't go to the party on the Tuesday evening. I... Uh, I just met with people uh, that I know I had lots of meetings arranged and I only attended three sessions the three sessions that I really wanted to to see in person and the rest I will catch up with on the video replays the great thing about self-publishing what's it called SPS live self-publishing show live the great thing about that is the quality of the videos are excellent their their videography is brilliant you know the they're all mic'd up properly you can hear everybody speaking um, they're excellent videos so it's well worth getting the video replays if you haven't got those or if you didn't attend the event uh, because you don't miss obviously you miss the networking and the, and the environment and the atmosphere but you don't miss any of the content uh, when you get the video replays so the, the sessions i was most keen on attending were the regional crime um, sort of uh, what do they call it panel panel that's the word i'm looking for so the regional crime panel was great i set it on that one that's what i write regional crime so the walker bay series is regional crime and the series the dcaa kate summers series that has been signed to storm that is regional crime and you had uh, four big regional crime writers very successful regional crime writers there uh, talking about it and it was hosted by jasper jasper joffa from joffa book so of course, I was in on that session. I also sat in on the Alliance of Independent Authors Big Data Drop session, which was with um, Mark Dawson and the lady from Ingram Spark, who is called Orna Ross. <laughs> Can you see how my memory works slowly? Like a sausage factory. The sausages just come too slow sometimes. Like, Orna Ross. Sorry, Orna. I should have known that. That should have been rolled off the tongue. But it was with Orna and Mark that really interesting, just really interesting stuff about what we're all earning and you know who's earning what in self-publishing. And we're earning more than traditional authors, which is fantastic. So that's really great to hear. And then I also wanted to just catch Craig Martell's live session. I saw Craig briefly, but I was just about to join somebody for coffee. So I sort of said hello and was on my way. But I always like to listen to what Craig has to say because he always has words of wisdom. So those were the three sessions that I attended in in person. The rest I skipped because I'll catch up with it on the video replays. I also had breakfast on Tuesday morning. I met Claire Sager for breakfast on Tuesday morning. Uh, we were talking for a couple of hours, so I was um, I missed the beginning of the regional crime session. I had to get over to the South Bank Centre quickly, get signed in and, and catch that session. Uh, I'll, I'll Again, I can use the videos to catch the bit that I missed. So Claire and I had a long sort of breakfast sharing news and updates, and that was fascinating. Uh, I let Claire share her news with you, but I just want to say congratulations, Claire. So brilliant. When you hear people that I spoke to in the early days of this podcast, I interviewed and I've, I've known through this podcast for years. It is so great when people that you know when things take off for them and they do brilliantly. It's just, you know, brilliant. There's room for all of us in this game and it's lovely when people do really well. So congratulations, Claire. And I was so happy to hear your news. I also met up with another friend of the podcast, Tim Lewis. Tim and I met for lunch. <laughs> so I had breakfast, a long breakfast with Claire. I went to the session on 
regional crime. Then I think I met Tim for lunch, if I remember right. I was straight out to meet Tim for lunch. I think that's all I attended in the morning. Tim and I had a long lunch for a couple of hours. Uh, we were sitting outside by the South Bank catching up. Then I think I went, I might be getting the order mixed up. I think that was, was that the Ally data dropper? Was that the next day? It might have been Craig after that. I think I went to Craig after that. And then I met uh, another friend of the show, uh, Des Palmer. Uh, Des uh, is writing sort of Indiana Jones kind of stuff, uh, Lara Croft kind of books. Uh, and Des, uh, I've mentioned him a couple of times on the podcast because he reached out to me. Lovely to meet Des for the first time. Uh, we were sat there for quite a while, Des. <laughs> I think we were sat there for a couple of hours. I'm sure we were uh, having a cup of tea and, you know, just discussing bits and pieces. So um, as you can see, there's a lot of chatting was done last week. Uh, I also met Adam Nichols. Um, I can't remember what day I met Adam. Um, Adam, if you remember, I've done collaborations with in the past. Um, Adam and I, well, I wrote There You See Her, but it was sold initially as a collaboration. And then, and then I bought it back from him and it's got my name on it now, but it is all my book. And uh, so, uh, you know, Adam, I know of old. I've known Adam was one of the first authors I knew. I followed him on a Facebook page. This is before 20 books was created. It was called Kindling. I think it still goes. Every now and then I get a, a post from it. But that's where I first encountered Adam in the very, very early days. And he's just someone who was doing what I was doing at the time. And so I've just followed his career. So it was great to catch up with Adam. But we were chatting uh, sort of in the corridor rather than going out for food. I was delighted. Uh, I, I sat down one day. In, in, I just I went to the back and kept out the way. There was always room at the back. And then somebody sort of waved over to me. And um, and it was Cat Bammer, who's another friend of the show. And I didn't even know Cat was going. So Cat um, and I um, arranged to meet again. So Cat and I went for a cup of tea as well on the, on the second day. Uh, which was which was fantastic and then on the the first day uh, Sidoni or Sid Bouvier who's another friend of the show um, Sid was there and she and I met up and we went out for an evening meal on the Tuesday yeah that's right yeah on the Tuesday so uh, as you can see I, I barely touched the sides um, <laughs> I was you know going literally from session to person uh, to session to person and it was great it was lovely to see everybody there uh, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great meeting people and chatting to people and catching up with people. On on the first night I arrived there, I was going to be meet my brother. My brother had had to cancel on me a few weeks beforehand. I then had another meeting set up with another author to go for an evening meal, who was also unable to make it. So I ended up uh, on the Monday night. I, I got there about five or six o'clock on the Monday night, and I thought, right, I'm off to see greatest day the take that film in leicester square so i you know i walked i had a lovely little walk around it was a beautiful beautiful evening in london i just walked uh, over to leicester square watched uh, greatest day in the cinema there's always something it cost a fortune it cost me three and a half times what it cost me in carlisle to see a film in leicester square i pay 4.99 in carlisle to see a film it was 17 something in leicester square but it is a Leicester Square experience because often this is where they do the red carpet appearances, you see. So I went to see Greatest Day. Thoroughly enjoyed that. That was a great film. Uh, it's, if it's your kind of thing, you know, you, you might hate it, but I, I love that sort of thing. I enjoyed that. And then that's what I did on the sort of Monday evening um, because I sort of hadn't got anything organised because of cancellations that night. But that was great because that was on my list to see as well. I also, on the Tuesday morning, 
I did fit a lot in, didn't I, actually, this time? Bearing in mind that I left on the Tuesday lunchtime. On the Tuesday morning, I went for a five-kilometre run around the Thames by the Houses of Parliament and Buckingham Palace. It's a lovely little circuit. And then back around the South Bank again, South Bank Centre, around that bit. So I did a 5K run in the morning. And then I, I left about midday. I think that, that must have been, I think from memory, that was immediately after the big data drop, the Ally big data drop. I was off on the on the tube and then back home. And then I got home at five o'clock. My wife met me. I downed a bit of tea. And then I did a 10K run at the Nature Reserve. <laughs> so I did I did 15 kilometers that day, five. It was actually a really great experience. I felt, do you remember Phil Collins? Those of you old enough to remember, remember when Phil Collins did uh, Live Aid. He did one appearance in uh, London at Wembley and then he flew over to take part in the American Live Aid. Well, I felt a bit like Phil Collins because I did a like a city, biggest sort of city in the UK. I did a 5K run there in the morning and then in the evening I was running in rural Cumbria, which is extremely rural. My wife took a lovely photograph of all the, the cows uh, next to the nature reserve. They're all lined up at the fence to have a look at what was going on. That was what I was doing in the evening, running a, a 10K run which I really enjoyed. So yeah, a tremendously packed couple of days, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And, and thank you if I met up with you for sort of making the time for a chat. I really did enjoy seeing you there. While I was um, in between sessions, I went to see Google Books, Vellum and Reedsy. I went, I went to Google Books. I kind of, you know, sometimes you, you go to deliver good news and you end up in a fix. I, I went to Google Books to essentially make some suggestions to say to say to them look google books is great it's improved so much i really like using it but i kind of i wanted to share some feedback with them because my view is there's, there's no point them being there if you don't give them some feedback and i've, I've always feed these th things back on the forms and nothing ever changes so i just wanted to say to google books that every other channel tells you what your earnings are for that month, uh, you know, what, what you could expect in your next payment, but Google doesn't. I could never work out what the heck Google are going to pay me from month to month. They still work with um, downloadable spreadsheets. And what I was trying to convey to Google was, look, come on, you're the, you're, you've done so well, you're, you're doing a great job. You know, I'm, I'm listing direct with Google Books now. I used to list with Publish Drive because I hated Google so much, but then you made the changes. Now you're really good. And I just wanted to say, can we not just kind of see easily what our earnings are? Because as an author, I want to know what you're paying me this month. You know, I always want to know what my income was. Anyhow, I, I, I ended up in deep waters thinking, oh, you know, I wish I had mentioned this now because it was only like a little bit of feedback. I didn't want like the Spanish Inquisition on it, but I ended up with the Spanish Inquisition. And, um, and, and I thought, I thought, I wish I had mentioned this now. But anyhow, I conveyed the feedback. <laughs> I'm probably going to get blacklisted on my on my account, but they also did show me how to do something that I I was feeding something back, and they did show me how to do that. But you know when you're just not making yourself clear to somebody, I I, I just wasn't making myself clear, and I thought it was very simple. I just need to know what I'm earning uh, every month. You know everybody else does it, and I'd just like Google to do it, please. That was the that was the feedback. It was really simple, um, but they did tell me how to do templated pricing so when you've got a lot of books like i have in google when you do the pricing for territories you have to do them one by one by one and because i've got a lot of books that's a real drag and i i've rec i've said to them for ages why don't you just have templated pricing so where i've got a fifty thousand word book and it's priced all my fifty thousand word books are priced at the same amount 
that I just apply a pricing template to each 50,000 word book rather than having to list it all separately. Well, it turns out you can do that. I was shown how to do that and that was a great result from that interaction, but it was a few, oh, do you know what? I only meant to be here for two minutes and uh, I ended up in deep waters with it and regretted it. I saw the two guys from Vellum and just said, they knew who I was. They knew who I was because they, they sent people to my my vellum how-to guides because they said it's the clearest one that anybody's done so that was quite flattering but i just went up to them to say i love the product it's brilliant there's nothing you can do to improve it thank you very much it's fantastic so that, that was it was really just a kind of mutual admiration session with vellum and then i went to readsy because i think i told you this in the last podcast episode or a recent one i'm using readsy to write with now and since they introduced the planning tool which is very much like scrivener where you can create all these little uh you know cards and move 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 them around i just said it's just a brilliant tool can you not turn that into a paid for product because i'm not interested in using readsy's service you know i'm sorry but i'm not i've got an editor i'm quite happy with what i've got but it does annoy me having to to dig so deep to find your software and they took that feedback completely on board of the good news is it's already in the it's already in the pipe works it's, it's already sort of coming that is so that was fantastic uh so I, i'm looking forward to that and i've just let my living writer subscription lapse reluctantly i was very happy with living writer but there was just that ordering of the chapters that it kept mixing up and i'm just not prepared to keep reordering chapters if you you can't get your software right with some basics i'm just not going to go there I'm here to write, not mess around with software. And, and, and Readsy just does that. It just works and has never let me down. So so I'm sticking with Readsy for the time being. So that was a great opportunity again to talk to some of the people who run author services directly. So yeah, really enjoyed SPS Live. Not sure whether I'll go next year. If there is one next year, I'll have to have a think about it because I've got a couple of other things sorted out for next year, some other uh, conferences to go to. So I might mix it up next year. We'll see. But never say never and i will certainly if i don't go to london which is getting very expensive now to do i will certainly purchase the video replays i want the content it's just whether i go to london is the question next year but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens okay we're nearly there at one hour 20. just some personal news first and then i'll tell you about the future of this podcast so in personal news i came back from london did me 10k went to bed was in the car went to see my mum in lincolnshire so it was quite a busy week last week had a lovely visit we went to play crazy golf at the seaside uh my mum sort of can't do too much in a day now we have to sort of pace things and make sure we don't wear her out these days so we had a lovely visit to the seaside where i used to go as a kid so that was lovely beautiful day and then we went the next day for a place called hubbard's hills which is another place i used to have wonderful wonderful holiday days out as a kid uh, when we sort of did everything for free you just go there and play in the river it wasn't a river it was a stream and they used to have um what do they call them not paddling stones when they put stones across the water stepping stones they used to have stepping stones and those stepping stones you know seemed huge to us as kids and it had the hills as per the name hubbard's hills just a place we used to go to when we were kids and have a whale of a time it's a wonderful place to walk so we did a circuit of that had ice creams it was just a lovely time with family as well uh, my niece was with us as well and my my uh, middle child was with us as well so it was just a nice kind of family uh time lovely to see my mum came back on sunday uh did a park run at the race course on the saturday and got my all-time personal best running time so i ran five kilometers on last saturday in 26 
minutes and two seconds, which is the fastest recorded time I've ever got. So that was very pleasing. It is a, a flatter, more straightforward course. You know, the, the, the course I run in Carlisle is actually quite hilly and quite tough. So I'm never going to get a personal best at Carlisle. So I did have the advantage of the course, but it's always very nice to know that you've got a, a personal best time. And that was 26 minutes and two seconds. So that was very pleasing. Um, on Wednesday evening, it feels like I've been so busy, actually. Uh, on Wednesday evening, I did another run, a 5K run. And this was at a place called M Sport in Cumbria. Now, M Sport is, I think it's short for motorsport. But basically, it's a, a local uh, company, local racing company. And they, I don't know whether they create cars or soup up the cars for doing motor racing. And they have a big centre in, in Cumbria. I've never been there before. I'd, I've known about it because we used to report about it on the radio. Uh, but they were doing a charity run, a 5k run, and you got to run on the racing track. And of course, it gave you access to the site where you could see all the cars in this big showroom thing they had. We, we, we didn't, didn't go inside. We all had to sort of look through the windows. So I, I went literally for the experience of seeing the cars and running on a real life racing track. And it, it, it was a proper racetrack. It was like amazing. It's like, I wish, I wish the UK roads were as smooth as this. It was beautifully sort of asphalted, beautifully smooth. But from a running point of view, it was it was undulating. So the first time you ran it, it was actually really hard to anticipate where you were running from. And it looked like people were popping up all over the place around the corners. It was a very sort of bizarre, but great experience. Um, and I knew a couple of people there, which was nice as well. Um, because it wasn't in the usual sort of geographical location that I would run. So it had attracted a lot of different people from all around the county. But that was fantastic. Well, great experience that was. And I think there's a huge appetite, hopefully, for them to do that annually because it was such an enjoyable, such a unique experience for running. On Thursday, <laughs> we were, I'm sorry about this, doing a lot of playing this week. Uh, but obviously, I've signed a contract this week. So, you know, the work's still getting done. And I, and, I, and I edited a, uh, a 75,000 word book as well. It was a light edit, but I got that done. So I have got some work done. But on Thursday, I'd got some tickets to see the recording of a BBC show that we like in Glasgow. So my wife and I jumped on the train. It was a 10 o'clock train. The performance was at one. So you have to check in and show your ID. Um, so we checked in early. We were in a lovely kind of art centre, so we had a lovely lunch yesterday, uh, lovely lunch and a drink, and then we went in to see the recording of the show, which was great. That show will come into my podcast feed tonight. Uh, it's a sort of Scottish-based news show, so it's very Scottish-centric, which I like. Um, and obviously, we're on the Scottish border here, so you know I have no trouble understanding the accents or anything like that. Uh, and I and I love hearing sort of the Scottish news and the Scottish take on life so that was a great experience I've listened to this show for several years now so it was just a you know one of these unique experiences but that was great jumped back on the train did another run last night um, and then this morning here I am recording this so it's been busy 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 <laughs> I also got my two exercise sessions done this week as well and this week well, actually last night when I did my club run last night I reached my 100k running uh, 100 kilometers in one month running goal this month so i've just reached that last night just before the end of the month this weekend i've got uh, i'm not doing a park run tomorrow i'm volunteering tomorrow uh, that saturday as you're listening to this because i'm doing another 10k run at the weekend so i've got another lovely 10k run around the country lanes of cumbria at the weekend and i just wanted to give myself a rest day before i do the 10k so as not to sort of overrun myself so it feels like i've done quite a lot of running this week 
So that's personal use. You're up to date with personal use now. Let's get to the last bit then, which is the future of this podcast. It's episode 25. As I've said to you all along, kept reminding you, there were only ever going to be 25 episodes in this season. I have to say, I've been pleased with this season. It felt like the most valuable episodes were the ones where I was writing. And in terms of, I always just like to feel like I'm doing stuff that's valuable and, and different. I like to do stuff that's different that other people haven't done. And what I'm particularly uh, proud of this season is the the sort of the before and after writing sessions where I, I, I think that's a lot of to people have told me how valuable that was. Uh, but I was recording before I wrote and after I wrote and I did the whole of book two and, and, and I, I published it as a specific episode where uh, it's a very long episode but where you can follow me writing a 75,000 word book and hear the peaks the troughs when I'm not feeling confident when I am feeling confident when I run into difficulties I, I feel like that was a, a valuable thing to do I know it's a it's a whack of listening to do you don't have to listen to it all at once but I do feel that that was quite valuable and, and lots of you have told me that and the other thing I was pleased with particularly this season was the the episode that I did about doing reviews again you've told a lot of you told me that that was valuable too listening to the reviews and how interesting it was that you couldn't tell my bad reviews from big author reviews uh, so I just feel like this season I've done two things I'm really pleased with and, and, and those were the two things and for much of the season, it's felt like that I've been sharing really useful stuff. But as I've stopped writing, it always feels to me like it peters out a little bit. Um, uh, and so that's why it's a good time now to wind up the season. So that is it for now. There are no surprise bonus episodes or anything like that. And because of the news I gave you at the beginning of this podcast, you know, I've told you that I'm pretty petrified about the amount of work that I've got to do uh, working with Storm Publishing. I'm going to need to get the measure of that before I commit to doing any more podcast episodes. Uh, I, I, I am dedicating all resources and all my energy to making sure that I meet all those deadlines and that, that that gets done to the best of my ability. So I'm not going to commit to any more podcast episodes now until I, I know I'm, I'm on top of that and then I see where that takes me. So what I can tell you is that I will release one of my bumper updates on Saturday the 30th of September. So at the end of quarter three, I will release a bumper update. I should have written book four by then. I should be, I think, on the way to writing book five. I think it will be. I'll certainly be planning book five by then. Um, so that'll be Saturday the 30th of September, and I will do a bumper update at the end of the year, uh, wh whichever Saturday is closest to December the 31st. And then uh, I will be in a better position to know where I am in terms of storm publishing, in terms of the work I'm doing there. So that's what I'm going to commit to. The next episode you'll get from me is Saturday the 30th of September at the end of quarter three. And I will also commit to doing one at the end of year, an end of year sort of summary. But that's all I'm committing to in the meantime. I need to see, I need to get the measure of this new arrangement with storm because I've just got to clear the decks of all other commitments now and get on with that and make sure I deliver on that. So we'll see where we are. Um, and, uh, you know, sorry if you've been enjoying the episodes and you'd like it to continue, but I have to throw all my resources and all my time at that. So quarterly updates uh, till the end of the year, and then I will review it. I'll see where we're up to at the end of the year and then give you another steer on what's happening with the podcast. But as ever, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your support, for your support 
via buy me a coffee that's been very much appreciated and the emails that you send me that is it for the scheduled season five episodes thank you so much for listening for now until september the 30th from me paul teague it's bye-bye for now <laughs>